Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. This is Noah. This is Jesse. And I'm Brian. Welcome back, Brian. It's nice to have you back on here again as a guest host. Great to be back. Thank you. It is. It's great yeah. to have you back. So it's like it is great to be back. We got the Glen Ramsey day. So tonight, uh, this this is episode ninety one. Uh, we do have, as uh, Jesse pointed out, the Glen Morangi. This is the Tale of Forest. Uh, very appropriate times as a lot of people are putting up their Christmas trees. Uh, and as I mentioned, probably to all of us before, uh, that is like a. Uh, a uh, not necessarily a Christian holiday, but a pagan one to decorate Christmas trees. Yes, uh, festive of you, very yes, Christmassy. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Uh, then we're from there. We're gonna go to our shout outs, get togethers, our restaurant review of Royal Hilltop, and then the uh, smart challenge challenge being on uh, Kevin Costner. All right, so here we have the Glen Morangi, a tale of the forest. Ah, this, you know, we've we've done several Glen Morangis. I don't think we've ever been disappointed. We're looking forward and super excited about this one too. Uh, founded in 1843, 20 years before, you know, the Civil War here in America. <laughs> um, 1843, though, a couple things about Glen Morangi, uh, Rothshire. Uh, highlands in Scotland. Um, they are known for having the tallest stills, and they do have six water stills, six spirit stills, producing approximately six million liters per year. Uh, Noah, did you want to share a little bit more about the history? Well, um, maybe not so much about the history, but I, I will mention that uh, they do have uh, their water source. Uh, they own the uh, forest around uh, their water source, which uh, what's I, uh, Tarlogi Springs? Tarlogi Springs, um, and uh, that the the rich mineral inside this water is what kind of gives the uh, Glenmorangie its uh, nice uh, fruity flavor to it. Uh, the barley they use, all the barley that they use, comes from Scotland, and they do have some that they do source from their own property. They also have a uh, they have tours there. Um, it's called the Classic Tour. It's one hour long. They give uh, people two drams. And it does cost uh, 18 Brit uh, Great British Pounds or $21.67. Uh, and then they also own a luxur luxurious boutique uh, hotel there on their property that overlooks the unsplit shores of Moray Firth. And it's nestled along the ruins of a 17th century castle. Um, Brian, do you anything you want to add to this? Well, I did notice that uh, they do say that their uh, spirit animal is the giraffe. And that makes sense because they have the uh, the tall casks, and they have the tall giraffe to go with it. Tall so it seems stills. fitting. Yeah, the tall stills. stills. Tall yeah. stills. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Sorry about that. Tall stills. And here we are seen as one of their quotes, a whiskey born over a thousand walks in the forest. Um, so with those Tarlogi Springs, those rich mineral springs, uh, that is one of the things they do say, as Noah was mentioning, brings out a lot of the fruit and floral and flavor in their scotches. All right. So Jesse's going to unpackage this for us now, I think. Fantastic <laughs> box. Always like to open the box, see what's inside. And with it, a very handsome bottle. Uh, it's it, it was it was full at one point. Uh, I forgot to hit the record button, everybody. So um, normally you get to see us open it. Yeah. You guys don't see this full. You've been drinking. <laughs> 
46% ABV. The bottle is not quite as vivacious as the box. Or as Brian would wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I'd be getting a bottle that looks just like the picture on the box. The top, it is a little bit of plastic up top. So they've gone from wood to plastic, ever stiff, who knows. Uh, but real cork. So as we fill these glasses... I do very much get that kind of that Avatar Forest vibe from that box still, though. I can see that. I mean, now that, uh, you know, Avatar 2 is coming out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they should release a a uh, Glimmer Angie Avatar 2 bottle. (laughs) A little subtle plug for the movie. So the, the the point of this one is that there is an artist who really wanted to honor the Glenmorangie and the Tale of Forest with this very colorful box and bottle. Is that all true with the other tales? Uh, as far as the artists, yeah, um, this one in particular is known for its artist, as was the uh, eighteen a year ago with the floral nose in particular. Okay. Uh, you, were you about to ask a question, Brian? No, I was just going to see if we can uh, spot that uh, spirit giraffe on the, uh, the box that Jesse pointed out earlier. All right. If there you can see that, the spirit just above the hole. With the tall stills. The tall stills is goes there, in are the there hole. Any other, uh, do you see any <laughs> it other? It puts it in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> no more tall giraffes on anything. No more hidden spirit animals. How many times it puts the neck in the hole? In the lotion. <laughs> oh, it puts rails, the tall neck in the hole. Put the, the rails, turkey away. Stay on the rails. All right. Um, I guess we'll go into our our findings here. Oh, that's right. All right. Okay. Um, well, no warp speed here. Uh, Noah screwed up. I forgot to hit record earlier, so I'll just jump into my analysis here of what I put. Um, this is a uh, the Glimmerangi, the Tell Force is actually a very uh, it's a it's an excellent bottle here. I think we've been very blessed to have two great bottles of scotch last week and this week. Um, if you did listen to our last week's episode of uh, episode ninety, where we had King Alexander the Third. Uh, that is a very much a, a different type of bottle than this one here, uh, but this one I still think holds its own as well. Um, with this one here, the, there's the, the complexity of this one is it, it just from the moment that we open it up to when uh, to even now, it just keeps on changing, and uh, it the 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 color of the of uh, the scotch here I I marked down as being a light golden straw color. It has uh, great hints of, uh, I got hints of pine and juniper with some floral hints. Uh, I got uh, a little bit of citrus, chestnut, uh, oak, and, uh, and and when I say oak, I'm talking about the mossy oak, like when you go into like a, a dense uh, forest um, where you will come across like where moss is growing on the wood and stuff like that, and you kind of can get that from like the floor. Of, of a nice forest there like you might experience maybe on the east coast or in the upper northwest or even in places like ireland and scotland maybe in some parts of germany um as far as the uh the palette here um i i put down it has subtle sweetness with some vanilla and juniper uh and then later on i had to go back and add in creaminess uh it was the creaminess wasn't there when i first tried it out uh, but it did uh, it did come back around a little bit after a little bit of time, and from the like the mid mid palette to the end of my mid palette, that's when I started picking up like hints of uh, 
eucalyptus and peppermint, um, which gave it a nice, fresh feel to it. And going into the finish uh, with a little bit of lemon, with that eucalyptus, eucalyptus and, and uh, peppermint, uh, it gave a really nice uh, finish to this. And uh, also it has that hint of oak that you uh, would expect from some, from some nice scotches. Uh, this is definitely one I would take to a black tie affair. Um, it is a you know something I would take to a nice event, uh, something that I would share with good friends, something that I would hoard, something I'd keep in my collection, um, where I'd be kind of like reluctant to really share it, even though I just said I would share it. Um, but I, the one thing I would not do is I would not probably take it to a poker night because of how delicate and elegant this bottle, uh, this scotch is. I'd be afraid of like uh, you know. At a poker night where you're smoking cigars, maybe that the cigars would overpower the scotch or take away from the flavors from it, which I really do enjoy. Well, for me, uh, after the first review, um, there's been some subtle changes even to the nose <laughs> even since then. And and I would say that um, there, there are so many subtle aromas that you'll get from this. It's very subtle and it, you've got to... Um, I talked earlier about, you know, this is something that a, a new scotch drinker could probably drink and they probably would drink and enjoy, but they wouldn't notice all the subtle differences. And what I got on the nose, the first, the first scent I got was just kind of this, this mild, creamy vanilla flavor or scent that I, that I had. But as it kind of, as I went back and, and would, you know, continue to let it sit and let it kind of air out a little bit, I really started getting that kind of citrusy orange scent and then um again the, the longer i kind of would kind of wait and, and go back to it and and uh check it on the nose again um i would get i actually started getting that juniper whereas the first review we did before someone forgot to hit record button i didn't catch that juniper but now i'm getting that and i still get just the tiniest hint you called it kind of a, a moss or you know a, but i do think that it's just that little hint of kind of peat so, which is similar to a moss, right? Um, when I drank it, though, um, I do get the black licorice on the tongue initially, but um, then it really shifts into that uh, that peppermint, that strong peppermint. And I had this great peppermint aftertaste. Like at the end of my palate, it just kind of sat there for the longest time. But then as that faded away, that's where I got kind of into the more the woodsy, oaky, and even that hint of, of smoke that they mentioned, just that hint, and that was on the very, very late finish for me. But I, I enjoy it, but I do think it, it, uh, it, it takes a lot of kind of time and effort to kind of go through the, all the subtle changes on the nose and on the palate. So it's a very uh, kind of a distinguished um, uh, scotch that, um, yeah, it's not, it, I think a, a new scotch drinker would enjoy, but I, I think it takes someone who has kind of tasted some scotch to go through all the variety of scent and taste you're going to get. For me, this scotch is a beautiful roller coaster ride um, from the get-go. It is a light gold color, uh, and as it creeps down the glass, I can definitely see the sugars in this 46% ABV scotch um, from Rothshire, again, uh, in the Highlands. On the nose, all so subtle is the creamy orange followed by a uh, very slight hint of pine and juniper berry and a hint of moss, which to me, as Brian mentioned, smells a lot like oak. 
But then comes a little bit of eucalyptus and mint. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming some of the creaminess of this smell is coming from the fact that they do have bourbon casks that they use in the aging process, some of which are refilled. Now, uh, Bill Lumsden, the master distiller here, talks about how ages ago they used to collect their barley and age it and dry it, kiln it, if you will, with different fuels, some of them juniper uh, bushes and berries, some of them pine, uh, all of these things adding flavor, uh, ultimately botanicals to the flavor of the barley. And as I get to the palate, it is a magical treat. Most of the flavors come and pop at the front, um, definitely giving me that orange, mint, eucalyptus. It's very cleansing at the front of the palate. Um, and then it follows through and it starts to take this transition because at that point, it's all been sweet. And now it starts to go both creamy and bitter. And I think this is fantastic because it goes creamy and bitter, not creamy and sweet. I don't personally get any of the sugary, the honey, um, the caramel or the toffees. I get none of that. Um, I get this creamy, uh, almost orangeicle that is bitter because of the the mint and the eucalyptus again it is very clean throughout the palate it basically makes me think about going to the dentist and leaving the dentist and you've got that clean feeling in your mouth um that's where the middle of this palate rests uh, but uh, so it's super refreshing as it finally comes to full fruition and full age i get those hints of peat and when i just really bring a little air into my mouth and let the flavor come back around, I get the smoke. And it's not a bad smoke. It is that smoke that is uh, when the, the fire at the campsite is over and you've been burning pine wood and you've just got that little hint. It's not so burdensome. You're worried about ruining your flannel. It's just the little hints. That is the smoke that's coming through. And it's fantastic. Would I bring this pretty much anywhere? Yes. Would I bring it to a formal event? It'd be fun. It's colorful. I love the fact that it's colorful. It's going to pop with a black tie and a tie or a blue suit uh, would i bring it just to have fun with great friends absolutely so you're thinking the average price again 46 percent abv 120 dollars a bottle i am not bringing this to anyone who i don't believe is going to appreciate it so um with the cigars i i the one thing i would say is with the cigar it might surprise because the palate is so clean with mint and eucalyptus I could actually see it uh, fighting its way out of the corner with a medium-bodied cigar. I think you're right. I think it would have to be a medium to a mild cigar. No, I agree. Like the, you mentioned, the uh, that uh, that peppermint and that eucalyptus oh does God. kind of would fight against it because it. That's what I get lingering is I do get that peppermint finish. It and it's good. Yeah, it does give that the cleansing. I'm not sure if it reminds me of going to the dentist. <laughs> I'm telling you, I leave the dentist and I'm like, man, she was just in my mouth cleaning everything. <laughs> they, they're like, you can have the uh, the peppermint or you can have the the bubblegum flavored cleaning or the Glenmorangie. I always, we'll oh, Glenmorangie damn. And yeah. Forest. We are helping you <laughs> market it. Your scotch for dental care. I wouldn't mind going to the dentist if they had that flavor. Yeah. <laughs> right? And now it's time to polish your teeth. What flavor do you want? A tale of forest. Can I get a Glen Put uh, the know. wood in my mouth. 
Sven Marangi's actually, I think from all of them that we've tasted, they've done a really good job. I mean, even from their their uh, tan, which is, uh, isn't it the tan? Is that the yeah, orange? Yeah, it's basically their classic uh, tenure. It doesn't get any more simple with them, uh, but it is. You're and, right. then, and then uh, we got, then they have the 12, the 14, the 15, the Sauturn, uh, and then we also did the 18. So there's there's been quite a bit of them that we've tried. And uh, the, honestly, like I don't think they've ever disappointed. No. Um, the 10 is the most simple, and that's the one that is that, uh, what I would call giraffe orange or their classic orange. And I'm not going to say it's it wouldn't hold its own to this. If you're pairing them next to each other, you're not drinking the orange after a sip of this. But uh, if you're just having a quick drink, it's not bad. Exactly. Any, any last words uh, on Glimmerangie here? No, I, I'm super curious, though. Like, did they go find some peppermint? bush or something or, or leaves and throw it in that kilning <laughs> process because Glen Moranji, this is what I really do love about this particular one. It's not overly floral, but is absolutely minty with that hint of eucalyptus. I really do like the way it cleans and cleanses the palate as it goes through because it doesn't become overbearing where like a heavy, smoky, peaty scotch will to the point where you don't smell anything else. This Honestly, Man, still smelling Brian. I never thought I would say, I never thought I'd use eucalyptus with scotch, <laughs> but, but it works. It does with this one, which is so weird. You know, all the, all the scents and all the things we're naming are very like powerful and kind of potent scents. And yet it's so subtle on the nose. It's not overpowering. You have to kind of really search for them. And yet, and the flavor though, the flavor there is, is, is strong. I mean, you get, you get all those flavors and they, they kind of. It just floated, and it's you know there's different times when you get them. You know, you get it does, licorice. and it, I love the complexity because it does. It just it varies from sip to sip. Uh, it's literally knows. a roller coaster. Now. Yeah, that's we're both, <laughs> yeah. We're both making this sign with our hand. I was going to like, you know from that. sip to sip it varies. Uh, the uh, the uh, the the bouquet or the the nose it varies from from you know every time you sip it as well. Mm -hmm. I, I you know I think they did a great job here. It's very complex scotch. That's what I was yeah. looking for earlier. Like the, the, the rookie scotch drinker is not going to notice the complexity. No, I think the rookie would probably be like, oh, this is nice and smooth. Yep, yep. It's also something I would say that is not something I would consider for at least my taste classic. It is definitely a newer variation. It's fun, even though they're using old technology to, to uh, you know, fuel the, the kindling of their barley. Man, this is not something I've tasted anywhere else. Yeah, I, would, I definitely. You're right. It's, it's a unique not a scotch. It's it a is. very unique scotch, and that peppermint you don't get that. That's no, and that is very real. Like it's still on my tongue. That my last sip, I'm like, huh. I just taste like I had a candy cane. You sound like you've been visiting Jesse's dentist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dentist Wills. <laughs> That's no. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for our shout-outs. You know, this one's a tough one. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it alone this week. No shout-outs. My shout-outs go to uh, my mom for uh, continuing an awesome family tradition, and that is the day after Thanksgiving. We uh, load up in the truck and drive up to 
Buffalo Creek forest area and uh, cut down our, our Christmas tree. So you go hunting for a tree. Hunting for Christmas trees. And Always we got ourselves the wood, that we Brian. got ourselves a doozy this year, man. It was <laughs> nice. But we did have a little that, so I my that's my shout out, but I also have my what's the other one? Get it together. Get it together. So this one, thankfully Aaron, my wife is not gonna watch this, but we have a little joke that uh, that has been carrying on for decades now in that uh, one time we were walking in Keystone, taking a nice little walk away from Keystone. And um, we actually decided to follow her directions and to try and get back to our place in Keystone. <laughs> we ended up walking from Keystone all the way to Breckenridge, all the way to Breckenridge. I'm, I'm and so sure my, that's like a 12 mile hike. It was so long. It was so unbelievably long. I remember I, you I'm telling me that story before. Yeah, we could have died. Like we were <laughs> trapped in the forest. We had no idea where we were. We just stumbled upon this neighborhood. We're like, where are we? They're like, you're in Breckenridge. But that's where I get it together is because Jason and I, my son Jason, were carrying this giant 14-foot tree, full, heavy, and filled with water still. Like, this is a very healthy tree. It was not dried out at all. And Aaron was our leader, and uh, she kind of led us down the wrong path. So I, Again? Yes, yeah, a nice a hike, thing. <laughs> carrying a tree. Did you, you know. did you get flashbacks of, Bre of Breckenridge? Yes, yes, I even <laughs> mentioned that to her. I was like, this is like Breckenridge all over again. But I love her, and it's a sore topic, so she's not going to watch this anyway. But um, <laughs> that's my shout-outs and my get-it-together all rolled into one. <laughs> my shout-outs, I got two of them. One is going to go to the University of Colorado Athletic Department. They're finally getting their act together and deciding that they want to actually play football again. Uh, so they've uh, reached out to uh, Coach Prime. Uh, they did make a serious offer. Uh, the offer would put Coach Prime in like near the uh, top of the uh, Pac-12 as far as uh, pay goes for coaches. And their backup plans, if because uh, uh, he's uh, he wants he he's been saying that he wants to strictly uh, focus on his current team and have you know uh, and the championship game that comes up to Saturday. So. Uh, everything is on hold, so no one really knows if we actually have him as a coach yet. But like all all fingers and all signs point to that he is going to be our new coach at the University of Colorado. However, the backup plans are also actually two really good uh, uh, coordinators from uh, some decent uh, Power Five teams. One is uh, Ryan Walters, who's the uh, defensive coordinator from the Illini. Uh, the, mm -hmm. They've been averaging like uh, the, their defense has been only allowing like about twelve points. Per game out they, of the big, out of the big, they made it hard on Michigan. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, and then the other one, the like the number three on the list is the offensive coordinator, which is Morris from University of Michigan. Oh, so uh, they're starting to act like they're kind of serious, and they're going to get their. Uh, they're talking about uh, fixing the transfer portal, which has kind of been one of the things that <laughs> have held up uh, CU from being able to get the type of players that they need here uh, to compete with or be on the same kind of playing playing field as the other Power 5 teams. And then my other shout-out goes to uh, Jenna Ortega and Tim Burton for the new TV series Wednesday uh, mm. based on uh, Wednesday Adams. She does a phenomenal job as Wednesday Adams. Uh, and uh, if you do like the Adams family or even you know, the character Wednesday Adams, uh, she does a darn good job. Uh, and then since we're just rolling into get it togethers here, yep. uh, my get it together goes to uh, the World Cup teams going to Qatar uh, and trying to push a social agenda, uh, like and causing problems. Like they know they're going to an Arab country, knowing that they are not pro-gay and trying to like wear like rainbow flags and stuff like that, knowing that that's going to cause issues. 
Um, so I just think, uh, you know, the World Cup is for everybody. But, you know, if you're going to go to a country, follow their laws. Uh, so I'm just going to tell those teams to get it together. Um, I'm actually going to 100% uh, let you know that's also my get it together. Um, phrase just you, slightly. Are you, are you serious? I'm not kidding. Um, phrase just slightly different. So I think of like Formula One, for example. And at one point in time, they went anti-tobacco. So they decided, hey, uh, tobacco companies could not sponsor more than one car um across the nations or they had to mark out what that sponsorship was now marlboro had mm. sponsors in indycar and formula one and f they had to decide who was going to get to show it and where um, and they made those decisions and the other cars had just black stripes that were basically a, a fake upc code if you will to really talk about, hey, this is where Marlboro would have been. Uh, but the bottom line is everyone played respectfully and they didn't make a negative social agenda going against any of the countries that made those laws part of their rights. Um, and so then to go to another country where you don't necessarily agree with their religion, but then you're going to mock their religion. I think that is absolutely wrong. And I think that that is what they have done here is they have gone into a country and it's not so much that they're agreeing or disagreeing with something here in America. What they've done is gone to another country and said, hey, we don't think your religion is great and we're going to say this. Uh, but I don't see them any of, any of them doing that in like Italy talking about different rights there that uh, the Christians or Catholics don't believe in. So um, I, I just it's it's a poor place of of contact, and uh, I I just think you know you're in it for the sport. This isn't about not kneeling for or you know being part of an American anthem. It is simply uh, respecting the other country's rights, and they didn't do that. Yeah, uh, it's kind of funny that uh, that happened because. Like the last couple of weeks, we've been almost hitting in the same either like get it togethers or uh, shout outs. So, yeah, I, I, I love what some of the things I've seen in the World Cup, but I can't shout out any of the teams that I thought did great because of the way I thought they disrespected countries. Yeah, exactly. That's the reason why I haven't really watched, haven't watched it at all this year. And that's one of the things that hurt football and other sports. We went to uh, the Royal Hilltop in Aurora, Colorado. I think it's Aurora, Colorado, off yep. of uh, Tower Road in Hampton, basically. Mm -hmm. um, Brian, since you are the guest, do you want to start us off here? Well, I've been going there for years, and they've changed their menu slightly. Um, but I, I always enjoy the uh, just the, I mean, it kind of, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like just like you're in a strip mall. You know, and it's just a place to go eat in a strip mall. But like on the inside, I just, I always appreciated the, uh, I don't know, kind of the, the ambiance, but it seemed like it, it just, it was not as, as great as it was in the past, but I liked the big oak seating booths. It used to have a lot more of a, like a kind of a, um, almost a, uh, like an international flair, like a soccer flair. They had like soccer things. So you kind of felt like you were in like a, an old British pub. 
and it, it seems like it's kind of gotten away from that as the years have gone. And they, they changed the menu a little bit. They used to have this steak sandwich that I really liked, but I did enjoy um, anytime I can go somewhere and have a gyro. And it was a good gyro. Um, and I ordered the fries with the, uh, the Cajun sprinkle, but it really, the, the fries were not great. They were seemed like they'd been sitting under the heat lamp for a little bit too long. And uh, the Cajun sprinkle was literally, I think they had like Cajun seasoning that they just sprinkled over the top. It was nothing, nothing special. But uh, pretty, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would kind of, uh, my sons call it kind of mid, you know, just kind of meh experience tonight. Would you advise anyone to take a date there? Um, well, if you wanted to play poker on the poker night, I guess you could do that. Um, cause they were going to have poker. On He's Mondays talking about cards, cards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, would you avoid, would you uh, advise like, uh, let's say your, your boys came to you and said, Hey dad, what, what's a good place for a first no. date? Nope. No, I wouldn't say take a first date. There. <laughs> no. No, there's too many other beautiful places and, uh, that you can take a date. Like but. Chipotle. Sure. No, not like Chipotle. <laughs> not like this place either. It was, uh, I mean, the, the food was good. I enjoyed my hero, but uh, did not enjoy the fries as much. And I got kind of gypped on the fries. Like, you guys got a massive pile of fries. And they're like, uh, here's a couple more fries for you. Like, I had hardly nothing. Like, I was all done eating, and you guys were done eating, and then you guys had all these fries to keep eating. And I just sat there watching you eat your fries, thinking, man, I wish I got as many fries. <laughs> So that's my uh, my take on the Royal Hilltop. It's it's um, it has been better. I felt like so out of ten stars, what would you give it? <sighs> oh man, that's tough. Food wise, okay. And the fact that I I did have a, my first beer was flat. That was kind of a negative. I did go, and she said, you know, no problem. We'll get you a different beer. So that was good. Um, I had to wait around a little bit for the check, right? That wasn't, wasn't really Johnny on the spot with the check. <laughs> so you're kind of, anytime you're left waiting like that, you're kind of like, ah, that's kind of, you know, you, you don't want it to end that way. kind of sours the experience just that much more. I guess, I don't know if I'm being harsh, but I'd be like a, like a six and a half out of 10 or something. All right. Okay, there you go. That's me. That's what, you. what are you guys going to follow up with? See if, how far off am I? Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, so Royal Hilltop, I had been there once before with you a long time ago, like when you used to have a, a house near there. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. It did have like more of like a soccer flair to it. Like it seemed more like an English pub than it does now and it, now it just seems like kind of like an old neighborhood pub or bar that just went downhill hardcore yeah like it, it, it seems like a, a like a like those like women you might see like that might have been okay like in their 20s but by, by the time they hit their 40s they're just like run down and nasty <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what this that's what this pub reminded me of. I know, I, that's, that's uh, a you know, like a good person analogy. Like, <laughs> for all those visual. mothers out there, <laughs> he's visual. not talking about you. I'm so, you know, like a person who sits there, chain smokes and drinks, and they're they got that raspy voice and their their skins all leathery. Yeah, yeah, that, that's when they first started chain smoking. You a two hundred dollar turkey. Twenty years later, exactly. You know, it's kind of like uh, you know Marge's sisters from the from the Simpsons from the Simpsons. There you go. So this place, yeah, obviously, I don't think very highly of it. The food, the bur the burger was okay. I got the burger there. Uh, it was the steakhouse burger, which is basically like a uh, the Swiss cheese with sautéed mushrooms and onions. Um, the burger itself was okay. The fries were were terrible. Uh, the with the fries there, I got the ranch 
fries and i was like okay ranch fries this this is gonna be kind of good right no it's like fries and i took a packet of like ranch and just dumped the packet of ranch this ranch packet on my fries and it was like whoa this is like not good at all i did eat it all but like it was not good at all (laughs) and like the service was terrible we had to wait forever for her to even show up to take our food to get that give me my tea and then uh, to get the check, we had to ask a different waitress for our checks. Uh, so yeah, this place is like not something I give a thumbs up to. Would I take a first date there? Hell no! Not if I don't want her to you know, like have a second date. Uh, would I meet some friends there? At this point, no, I would not. Not unless they did some like uh, major like changes like with their services uh, and their and, and their food prep. Um, so the ambiance in there or the uh, the the atmosphere. Uh, long time ago when I went there with you, it was pretty cool. Now it's not. I would not. <laughs> you know, when you walk into the bathroom and like there's people plunging the toilet and together, uh, male and female, male and female, and douche it, bigelow male, and you got like a like their kitchen staff like hanging out like in the uh, in the bar area talking to their friends as opposed to like actually working. Uh, it's just a bad. It was just a bad environment altogether. And honestly, I would have actually rather gone to a Taco Bell. Uh, you know, the, even though the burger was filling, I probably wouldn't have been as full. Definitely would not have spent as much. And uh, honestly, I'm going to give this place a four. I've never given it a place a four yet. But this, this, this place is like less than a five. So I'm giving it a four. The service is terrible. The, only, the one thing they had going for them was the food. I'm going to give actually the food like a, like a 6.5 to a seven maybe. Uh, the burger probably a seven. The fries maybe like a three. So yeah, I'm gonna go with five. I'm gonna stick with my five. Five. I think you said four. Oh, four. Sorry. Yeah, four. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> stick with the four. I thought the, the burger. Like, it's so for it's so forgetful. I can't remember what how many stars I'm gonna give it. <laughs> it's a four. Uh, Jesse, go ahead. Tragically, I remember the experience quite well. <laughs> the Scotch, as mentioned, is a beautiful roller coaster ride. The restaurant was more like the Tower of Doom. (laughs) (laughs) With that, at first, the waitress, hostess, bartender, whatever she may have been, uh, seemed quite attentive. That went downhill quickly. I had, so hopefully, as per her recommendation, the Monte Cristo. Uh, Tragically, after having a great Monte Cristo just about a month ago, um, this one was far from great. It was overly fried. Uh, The breading on the edges was tooth breaking. And then as opposed to using like a cheddar cheese, they used Velveeta and uh, it ruined the whole flavor of the sandwich. The sandwich did have potential, uh, but that Velveeta cheese just took away from adequate amounts of both ham and turkey, uh, but it literally ruined the flavor. The fries that Brian was, you know, eagerly enjoying the look upon, wishing he had more. I think Noah's probably the same way as I was. I was just finishing them because I was watching him watch me eat these fries and they were not good. They really weren't. They had a bunch of Parmesan sprinkled on them. But every time you picked up the fry, all the Parmesan fell off and you got a fry. And it tasted exactly like 
a cheap fry. Mm. Um, so as far as restaurant quality, there's the one stars, the Taco Bells, the three stars and the five stars. This falls in that roughly three star rating. For me, the food, um, again, unfortunately was not good. The food was a five. Uh, the service, man, this is where they really got dinged was a four. Again, when you're having to wait for Brian to get his flat beer refilled for 10 minutes and then you're having to wait 10 to 15 minutes for your check, you just want to go. Those are definitely deterrents. And then honestly, as far as any of the restaurants we've been to in the last months, um, the food seemed to take forever to get. It was interesting. It was uh, definitely they might have staffing issues, other things. But for today, the service was a four. Would I take a date there? Uh, no. Would I meet a friend there? Partially because of the location, no. Um, it just was nothing. There were other restaurants in the area I would try first, including the uh, snack bar at the movie theater next door <laughs> because it just wasn't a great experience. Now, that being said, again, it's not really uh, comparing it to a Taco Bell, but for me, overall, it was a five. Uh, the Smarter Challenge this evening is the, I guess, the best of uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, it's more about like our favorite movies that we uh, prefer to watch of his. A um, little bit of background here about Kevin Costner. He did grow up in California. He enjoyed playing sports as a kid. He played the piano. He had uh, he enjoyed his piano lessons. Uh, did poetry, sang in the church choir. Uh, he took night classes while he was in college to learn how to. Uh, to act. So while he's going to his normal college, he took night school to learn acting. Uh, the source here that, uh, that I was looking at, uh, which I believe was IMBD, might have been somebody else, uh, but they said 1987 is when his career really finally took off with uh, No Way Out and The Untouchables. Uh, he has been a lead singer of his own modern West, uh, modern West band. So I guess it's kind of like a country band. I have no idea. Never heard any of his music, but apparently he sold out every showing that he had. Okay, let's check it out. And uh, he did refuse a part in the movie Platoon because he felt that it portrayed American soldiers badly and his uh, brother was a Vietnam vet and he didn't want to do him a disservice. Um, he did win uh, two Oscar awards for Best Picture uh, with Dances of Wolves and Best Director, Dances of Wolves uh, with Wolves, and then a Primetime Emmy Award, uh, which is the Best uh, Leading Actor for the Hatfields and McCoys. Um, he did make. Uh, he did win some other awards, but that was like in Poland and Germany, so I didn't really bother to write those down. All right. Um, anything else about the history that we want to touch upon before we dive in? I mean, the biggest thing for me is seven kids, two wives. That is outstanding. I mean, I think he's trying to populate his own <laughs> island here. Spartans! <laughs> so whatever it may be, no, I, I truly do believe that's great. I think it is, uh, for me, it is a tough thing to explain, uh, but my life before children and after children will never be the same, not just because of the financial stresses, um, but because of the emotional and uh, growing 
it's the the dividends that are earned from having children. Um, I can't imagine how great he probably lives uh, with his seven children. Not that he loves them all the same. We always say that, right, parents? But uh, that uh, he's had quite the experience in life. So good for him, 67 years old. Uh, you mentioned California, born January 18th, 1955. Not a young buck, um, but definitely someone still fruitful, much like some of the other great actors out there. Their names don't even mention because today is about Kevin Costner. All right, anything about his history you want to Sure. You know, just looking over his uh, movie portfolio, he really, I mean, I guess he got some grief for... Uh, Waterworld, which I, I didn't think it was all that horrible. It just it just cost like billions and billions of dollars or whatnot. But he, I was going to say he does whatever it was. He he doesn't seem to make like like bad movies. Like uh, any time I sit down and watch a Kevin Costner movie, I, I enjoy it. It's a good movie. Even even Waterworld, which was it was really just kind of panned for. I think it just it just kept going and going and it missed a lot of deadlines and he just kept flooding money into it and it just didn't you know if he hadn't spent that much money and it was just a cheaper thing it wouldn't have been a big deal but. i don't know i think for me i enjoyed it because it was scientifically minded it was a film that was not so simple it was actually enjoyable and if you go and look back at it and compare the acting in there as compared to the two-time academy award-winning dances with wolves the acting is better in Waterworld. i thought i didn't have a problem with the movie i i, I was gonna say he doesn't make bad movies but i know that it like the critics really slammed Waterworld. But I, th I just don't think he makes a bad movie. I enjoy all his movies. Well, altogether, he's been in either, like, between movies and TV shows, he's been in 65 of them. Yeah. And he's directed four f four films. Um, I, I know we're going to start off with our top three uh, favorite movies that we like to watch of his. Um, or do we want to do the, the, our, the what we think are the greatest movies and then go to our favorites? Okay, we could do greatest movies first and then I go to our favorites. I'd like to try and guess each other's favorite. Right, after we mention the greatest. Okay. If we mention the greatest, then we're going to give it away. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, because I can tell you my greatest are not the same. I think, the, as far as like I think what his greatest movies are, are not necessarily my favorite movies to watch. Not at all. Uh, his greatest movies are my favorite movies to watch. <laughs> I can't participate. So we'll let Brian go third. Okay, okay. done. All right, so we'll do our normal. We'll, we both say our third. Uh, we'll say our third, and then second, and then first. Yeah. Okay. So our my number three here. Okay, I'll start off. I guess since I'm already talking. <laughs> no, you're good. All right. So number three as the uh, I think his best acting um, was Untouchables. Oh, okay. So yeah. Did you want to elaborate or just keep moving forward? I think we can just keep moving forward. Okay. I mean, I can elaborate, but uh, I mean, I guess here I think it's uh, him being playing Elliot Ness, uh, working along with Sean Connery. Um, I think I think that duo with him and Sean Connery makes it a very good movie and makes it one of his like uh, better better showings. Um, and uh, you know, honestly, I think that's probably one of his like greater movies maybe not one i may naturally watch all the time right but i think it's one of his better movies all right so for me my number three the postman 
Ooh, I, like I actually one. thought as far as acting and cinematography and meaning for me, number three was the postman. And I'm going to jump the gun here a little bit and let you know my number two was the untouchables as we go back and forth here. And for the untouchables for me, it wasn't just Sean Connery. It was also Robert De Niro. And I think him being amongst those and for the most part, holding his own really gave him a name. I think so. And I think Andy Garcia is in there too. Yeah. I Great movie. See, I, I actually tried to turn on and watch The Untouchables last night, and I started watching a little bit of it, and I was actually a little disappointed in Kevin Costner <laughs> in that. <laughs> I'm going to elaborate on I, that Because I was later. like, I mean, Sean Connery was killing it, and Robert De Niro was killing it, and I was like, eh, I don't know. He kind of, <laughs> the other the other actors kind of, I mean, he was younger, I guess, when it was in 87, so he was, you know, much younger. Yeah. But usually he like, he commands the screen. You know, he's like, he is like, well, I think when you're going, when you're going up against like Sean Connery like, and uh, Robert De Niro, De Niro yeah. uh, even though he, like in a lot of his <laughs> movies where he's the main person here, he's dealing with like some great actors. And that's, working. that's what I was feeling. And, 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 watching and, it. and so I think that's probably why he, he may not have like had as great of a standing, but I think he, his acting was good enough to keep up with them, but not like on the same level as them. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear like his vibe, like how he was feeling in there. Almost like he was kind of like, like, uh, like his maybe less confident. Like, oh man, I don't know if I quite feel. I don't know. Here. I think he's sitting there. If he's me, I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, I'd be enjoying every minute. I'm Kevin Costner. Robert De Niro's to my left. John Connery's to the right. I'm gonna win at least one Academy Award in three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that I think that you can tell. That I just got this sense that he was like, like kind of like overshadowed. So, Which makes sense because they were amazing. But I think that later on as his career progressed, like if he was in that movie again with those people, he would have done an even better job because he's like, wait a sec, I fit, I belong. And there, I just got this sense where he's like... So just, I'll jump in here and I'll say something when I revisited every Kevin Costner bit I revisited. I wasn't impressed with him in general. And part of it is because he's not high energy. Interesting. But I think that kind of also, you're, it's true. I think like he has that more of that kind of like acting style, but I think that was also more necessary for Elliot Ness anyways. Right. Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying when I revisited things, I'm like, man, when I, when I watched these, when they were all first out, I was all in and then rewatching them. I'm like, well, why am I rewatching <laughs> Dances with Wolves? <laughs> I, I didn't rewatch that one. I couldn't rewatch It's probably that because one. it's three hours and one minute yes. long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you want to throw in a number three of your top uh, top best acting? Best. Oh, we're talking best acting? So yeah. this, if it's not your favorite, we can finish with our best acting. And then we can go into just our favorites as far as what we would watch. Because okay. that's how we compare okay. the two. Well, I, okay, I'll go with this because this was... This is number three, though. There's two more. Well, this isn't my top okay. three that I would watch or whatever. I'm okay. not sure how we're going to like yeah. angle that in. But I actually, um, mostly because I just I, I really I loved the movie also, but I thought his performance in it was pretty good, was um, Hidden Figures. That's a good one. His I acting in that. I care for it at all. No, oh, I enjoy it. Well, because it's about math, so I love math. And, uh, you know, I, I just... Like right. the, the part where he, like... I don't see him doing he math He beats the sign down with a bat. He did. Know? It was the black ladies that did. Huh? <laughs> he, he, he did the math? Yeah, he didn't do the math. He was in charge of making sure people did the math. He's properly. like, do your math right. How many times do I hit this math. sign? Mm, mm, mm. Four. Right, so no, that I, was three. I thought that one... Uh, count, that would be Kevin. number three. <laughs> okay. Just for like his his acting, you know, the drama prowess of it. 
So I all right, so just here he did his three and two. You want to do your second? Well, my second one that I thought, and I just remember it, but I haven't rewatched it in such a long time. Um, but I remember just watching it, and I was like, it was kind of almost not twisted, but it just it made you kind of pretty sad in the end. Was it was called Perfect World or a Perfect World where he like is a criminal and he like kidnaps a kid or something mm-hmm. and runs away with the kid and they have like a good time together or something. And then I think in the end, like he just ends up getting shot. Yep. It was just kind of, so that was, that was pretty powerful acting. I thought that was pretty powerful stuff. Never seen that one. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of sad. All right. Well, my number two is JFK. That's a good one. I thought he did a good job there. JFK being at a lawyer there. Uh, it's an Oliver Stone movie. Uh, you know, I think some of the, obviously, uh, so it's fiction. <laughs> Uh, there's definitely some uh, some avenues that they took with uh, J- the JFK assassination that I don't quite agree with, but there's a lot of truth in there too. I think, um, but I think he did an overall a good job there of uh, of playing that lawyer. Um, and then my number one, since everyone did their number twos right there, I'm gonna go and I'm going this based off of memory because I couldn't watch it. And and the reason why I'm going off of my memory on this one is because it's probably one of the ones I would always like quote anyways is like if you build it you will come mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go with fill the dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, that's not one that I would watch normally, but I do like the storyline about it about him like getting to revisit his dad and you know seeing like the uh, uh, the Chicago, the Black Sox I guess mm-hmm. is what they call them right the, yes, and Shoeless yes. Joe Jackson yeah. and uh, being. And it, there, and even like there's that, still that baseball field out. In, is it in Iowa? Yeah, yeah. You can still go there. Yeah, so that's on my bucket list. I got to go just to say I went. I would. I would agree. I think that'd be something <clears throat> fun to go do. And uh, I go to the moon. We, we've after, never been to the moon. after Iowa. <laughs> I want to be the first. <laughs> but in any case, uh, um, I think he. You know, from what I remember, he did a really good job. And unfortunately, like even with the uh, Xfinity's like. Uh, free weekend where you could get like all the movie channels. That one freaking channel had uh, Field of Dreams. Plenty of free willy, no field of dreams. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I got, obviously, I'm not going to go out and buy the movie just to watch it, just, you know, the, for the one time. So, but for off of memory, I think he did a pretty good job acting in it. And it seems like a very memorable movie. I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that would be number one acting for me because I, I cry. I, I cry every time I watch that dang movie. In fact, I did a, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, where I did this thing with my boys, you know, the little videos I used to make of oh, them yeah. playing. You know, yeah, around we Christmas playing, time. You yeah, just do it every Christmas year. Videos, yeah. So I made one of those and, and used some quotes in that movie and actually used sound bites from that movie and the one where he goes, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? And I just, I, every, even now I would cry thinking about it because, yeah, that God is a damn movie. it, man. Man up. Uh, oh, no. I'm kidding. No, it's, I'm it's, kidding. It's a good movie, especially like you said, you know, he gets to, to see his dad. You know, yeah. that's, a, that's a big thing. So that would be probably number one. All right. Best what's your number one, Jesse, place. for best acting? <clears throat> it didn't get any awards, but I thought he did a phenomenal job acting aside Rene Russo in Tin Cup. <laughs> That's a hell I don't of a even. Movie. I don't even like golf. I love. I loved watching that movie, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, why are you doing this? Shooting chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass. <laughs> well, and here's I the thing. That part. Here's the thing That's is like had the bad chinks. You have these different choices, and like, it, ultimately, what are you going to kill yourself for or not? And that is real life. And I think also, I don't. 
I think that's one. I think that is opposite his real life. I think a lot of these movies, he is in there to survive, to win, um, to thrive. And in Tin Cup, he was not in there for that. So I think that's one of the few roles where he played, where he's just like, yeah, no, I, I really would love another Academy Award. Where I think he was in that movie, he's like, this guy is never winning an Academy Award. This guy does not deserve a Dude, green jacket. And, and Don Johnson in that movie is hilarious. Dude, Don Johnson is, great, is awesome. <laughs> and uh, Cheech. Marin. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. That's like, that is, I love that movie. Um, I was going to put that as your top. As my top? Yeah. That was, that was your number one movie. That, oh, that is my number one movie. I, knew it. Russo was I knew it. Well, it also shows because it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's got a lot of funny parts, a lot of funny parts. But, you know, and this, this comes back to Kevin Costner it, with the type of actor he is, is, he, he grew up playing sports. He's an athletic dude. Yeah. Nothing, there's nothing fake about any, any sports movie he's in. It's, it's authentic. Like he's throwing the baseball the right way. He's hitting the golf ball the right way. He's swinging a bat the right way. It's not where you see like some actor, like they tried to train him and get him to watch somebody hit a baseball and like, God, you just you can't pull it off. He can pull this off. So he is like the ultimate, him and like maybe Charlie Sheen. They're the two ultimate sports actors in my and, book. Hashtag winning. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I think he's well known for sports movies. That's what he's known for. And, yeah. and Western movies. Yeah. Now that, yeah, with Yellowstone, big time. Now. Well, Yellowstone and Silverado, uh, Dances with Wolves. Uh, I watched another one with him in it. Hatfields and McCoys. It wasn't yeah. that one. It was a. The open range or something. Oh, yeah, there's like open that. range, yeah. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. All right, uh, so on to our top three that we would watch. So are we going to – I think it's kind of hard to guess other, what other people are going to choose for the number three. Well, you two. already guessed his number one. I knew your number one. Yeah. What's yours. Brian's number one going to be? You guys got to know my number one. Um, I would think his number one would be um, – he already told us, unfortunately. Did he? Yeah. I At dinner. No. Two gay bicyclists coming across <laughs> the mountains. <laughs> no. That was, a, that was a good movie. <laughs> that was a, that I'm telling you, you his has got to be Bull Durham. I think his is Bull Durham, That's too. what I think. Yep, it's Bull Durham. Yeah! Well done. Well done. Jesse's tough, though. I don't know how he can. I thought Jesse's. I thought yours would be Untouchables. No. That was my first guess. But, hmm. I would say his is probably, I want to say White Earp. Or, <sighs> not White Earp, but uh, I, meant, uh, I meant to say Waterworld. No, it's not Waterworld. I did actually enjoy that one, though, but I wouldn't watch that a bunch of times. The only other guess I could have. Hmm. Did you I watch Wyatt Earp? I, I rewatched that this weekend. I did not. Wyatt Earp, the problem with Wyatt Earp was it came out the same time as Tombstone. In Tombstone, like. Rocked it a hundred yeah. times. Yeah, so, yeah, since Doc Tombstone Holiday, was so good. Val Kilmer. Well, it's also a lot more fast paced and everything like yes, that. Yes, Wyatt Earp was a slow. And it, and it covered more of Wyatt Earp's life, though, too. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Tombstone was just all. I think that's the truth about Kevin Costner films in general. They are more slow paced, more life covering. Yeah. Now, what would you think it is, Brian? (sighs) Okay, the only guess I would have (laughs) for just some reason, I got I got two in my head. Um, Untouchables was my number two, actually. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought Untouchables. Yeah, number one, obviously. I was going to say. Oh, I know what it is, actually. You do. I know you do. 
It's for the love of the game. Yes. Oh, nice yeah. choice. Wow. I, actually, I actually knew that, and uh, I just wow. had a. I would. Like, I, I totally went blank when you asked me what it was, and then yeah, I remember. Could you tell me this about like a couple weeks ago? Why? Why? Why is that your number one? That's crazy. I would never have thought that. Of you, uh, well, it's like, should, should we wait before we share why yeah. each of these are our number yeah. ones? Okay. All right. Okay, we can sure. go. We can go through the list and okay. then get the list. Why. So we got our, So let's go. Okay. Your top three. Now. Top three. We already know your number one. Okay, so my number three is The Guardian. Yes. Actually, that's a great movie. I, it's I my number five. I you as The Guardian. I had you as Guardian. <laughs> that was my next guess so I was going to say. I love The Guardian. I think it's a really, it's a, <clears throat> you know, the movie about him just being like the mentor and he sees fish as being like a person who could replace him and like in the hardest place to be. Who was uh, that? Who was the, was that Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. His name is Fisher. They call him yeah, Fish. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, uh, I thought Dude, it's so good. <laughs> I thought he did like a really, I think he did a really good job as being a mentor or a teacher, even though it's almost kind of reminded me of like Top Gun to Maverick where Maverick's like, I'm not a teacher. And you know, but he taught those, he taught those, uh, those people how to, you know, fly that, uh, sure. Uh, to, uh, to fly, that that route right so in any case that's my number three my number two which i love i just love this movie uh and i watch it like a lot and i even own it on uh, amazon prime <clears throat> is uh draft day yeah draft day is so much fun to me because like you know you got like uh you got jennifer gardner first of all yeah you do <laughs> yeah. I, i've never been like super i never like where'd she peak like, for you electra uh, electra no, I'd say probably like when she did that TV series before she went to the okay. Electra. I know what you're talking about. Um, but in any case, um, with uh, Draft Day, you know he's like a you know the the general manager of the of the Browns, and then he's able to take uh, his number seven draft pick to get the number one draft pick, and then and then get the number six draft pick, uh, and then uh, you know just to see him like go through all like the ups and downs and the twists and turns that you'd see on a draft day. I found that to be like a really fun ride. Uh, my number one, as we know, is Tin Cup. And for multiple reasons. One, I love golf. Uh, even though I haven't been able to play golf in a while. Uh, it's just a fun movie. You know, the whole interaction between him and Cheech Marin. Uh, them like, you know, betting all the time. <laughs> all hanging, the time. Uh, hanging out on the uh, driving range. And then you got Renee Russo, which back then she was a super hot woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh <laughs> You know, and then you got Don Johnson just playing the the best bad guy there. The biggest ass. Yeah. Yeah. And like and then, you know, like one of my favorite parts though is like when he's like, What are you gonna do? Fire me right here on national TV and he knocks that uh, that uh, that uh, that green from like how however far back that that they were. It was just it's just a really great movie. It's really fun. Um yeah, I just it's a great ride. And my honorable mention is uh Untouchables, as my if I was gonna throw in at number four, that that'd be my Untouchables. All right, All right Brian, you're up. Three, two, one. I gotta go. I gotta go next, huh? All right. Well, <clears throat> let me see what I wrote down here. My um uh okay, if we're going in order, uh, my number three was Tin Cup. Because I liked nice. it for all the reasons you said. I really liked it. Nice. But I also liked... It's a fun like, movie. It's fun in so many ways, but it also kind of... It has this uh, this underlying theme of like man versus his demons and like man not getting out of his own way. Like when he wouldn't stop, he's like, I don't care. I 
it's just this matter of pride. I'm going to hit that green. I'm going to do it. And he just, he did not, you know, so I can, I can appreciate that when you just got to just learn to shut up and get out of your own way. Sometimes that's good for me to know. Um, number two uh, is Field of Dreams, just because I just, I do. I cry every, I can't not cry when I watch that movie. I love the, the fact that it's baseball. And he doesn't throw a lot of baseball in it. He doesn't play a lot of baseball. But um, I love the the um, James, or what is his name? Uh, Darth Vader. Carl James Earl Jones. James yeah. Earl Jones does a great job in it. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, but number one is Bull Durham, and I love Bull Durham because if you play baseball and you love baseball. It is just so real about baseball, like about streaks and about just the dumb stuff you believe in. And there's a billion different quotes. And also, I did really like the the mentor-mentee between Nuke and Crash, kind of like you said in The Guardian. He does do a great job with those roles of the the kind of the, the mentor that doesn't really want to be a mentor, but he's just, he's really good at it, you know? He can kind of lead by example. So... And I mean, it's just, it's got, and I, I, I think I remember it because when is this? This is 1987 that it came out. I am quite certain that in, okay, so 1987, that would have put me 88 at, Bull Durham. 88, so that put me at 14 years old. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. And I went and saw that in Third the theater, time. in the theater with my parents, with, with my mom. And it starts off at the beginning. He's all handcuffed to a bed. We're getting nailed in the, in, the, in the locker room. And I was just like, oh, God, it was so awkward to watch it with my mom. But it was, it was an awesome movie. So that was my What's your mom's my fault one. for taking to go see rated R movies? Oh, I know. So, yeah, funny. <laughs> Let's go see a movie about sports and all the benefits. Yes, yes. But my... Uh, my uh, what did you call it? Like runner up? Yeah, honorable or mention. Honorable mention was for love of the game. Because that just I mean, it does. It sucks when you, you can't do it anymore, you know, and you, you just you wanna keep playing and I enjoyed just as just to hear like the psyche, you know, in, in the player's head. He does such a good job. So yeah, he's kind of the king of the sports movies for me. That's another thing about Kevin Costner when you talk about it. Like he does, he does a good job. It's just slow. It's slow paces. Well, one of some of the reasons some of his movies are so long about communicating what is going through True. that person's mind. And I, I think that's one of the things I both love and I hate because in Dances with Wolves, when I rewatched it, I'm like, dude, I already know. I don't need to hear it again. But at the same time, if it's the first time you're watching it, especially on a big screen, it's impactful, especially 30 years ago. Uh, so I'm going to actually go with my runner up first. And I think this because is partially because of my love of the sea. And like, if I could, I'd just, I'd own a yacht and I'd go out and I'd sail over to Italy and I'd sail all around. So for me, it's message in a bottle. So we're talking about 1999 with Robin Wright. And also it's just, it's real and it's tragic. And there's both those pieces of life when you're trying to forget about your old life life and start a new life but you can't um and and people don't want to admit that nobody wants to admit that you can't forget 
the old, the best you can do is forgive. And sometimes you can't even do that. Um, and you mentioned getting out of your own way. And at the end of the day in that movie, that's his own undoing is he couldn't get out of his own damn way. Mm -hmm. So he sends a message in a bottle. So number three for me, you guys may have never have seen this one. I don't think it was one of his more popular movies, but I loved it because it's one of his more fast paced movies. It is, uh, and it's, uh, 19 it's 2014 and it's with amber heard and i'm just putting aside the fact that she screwed donnie depp i don't even care about that <laughs> it is called three days to kill i think it made 54 oh. million in the box office i remember that yeah, yeah it was yeah. a it was a decent movie and <laughs> i just didn't think yeah anybody would yeah, Dude, wasn't he as, an assassin or something? Yeah, yeah, well, he's basically a CIA assassin. Okay. He's, he's yeah. basically a yeah. CIA assassin, but he's he's brought on by Amber Heard. He's dying from a type of cancer. She's got the the medicine that can prolong his life potentially. And the trick is though, every time he takes this medicine, if his heart gets racing, his blood pressure goes up. He like starts to hallucinate, so he has to find ways to creatively slow that down. And one of the true factors is he's has to drink <laughs> and i'm like dude this is like so many people's real life cheers <laughs> like you get anxiety have a drink you need to go to bed have a drink i'm not saying any of that is healthy or good but i think it brought a part of reality in there but then also he's doing it for his family and i i love that piece but i really loved as far as all of his movies to me the fact that he wasn't the star as far as he wasn't the, the king or the queen, he was a pawn as the player. Amber Heard was the queen. Um, so for number um, three for me, Three Days to Kill. Number two, Untouchables. I just loved, again, I'm not saying he was equal to Robert De Niro or Sean Connery, but he definitely held his own to me. And then for number one, absolutely for love of the game, for all the reasons you guys have mentioned for some of his other movies. In this movie, he knows he is coming to an end and he has to admit that. But, you know, he, he we're never quite ready to give up until the timing is perfect and so many pieces have to fall in line in this movie they all find in line and beautifully like it's literally if you would consider the opposite of what's gone on with tom brady whereas tom brady he, yeah, his wife has he and his wife have divorced and he may have another great season he may have five more great seasons in him uh, but most likely he's not finding the perfect woman and finishing off his life um, but what he does have that this movie doesn't have is two wonderful kids and hundreds of millions of dollars so uh, with that though I, I think there's that piece where I just think for love of the game shows this mature person having to live through a piece of life where life is far from over but you are no longer going to be a god now in for love of the game didn't he also kind of lose his wife right didn't they wasn't he kind of reflecting yes. back on the relationship at the last like yeah 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 that's a good movie but you know that's that's what makes it hard to watch any of kevin costner's movies over and over again is because they are They're slow paced they're, they yeah. are slow paced and you know and especially when you're you know you watch I'll, it for the first time it's great but then you're like you're watching the second time you're like all right get to it i know i, I know. agree a lot of them are slow paced but i don't think tim in my opinion i don't think tan cup is slow paced i don't no. think the guardian slow paced 
nor Bull Durham. Bull Durham's not slow. There's think, a lot yeah, of stuff well, going yeah. on. So those are the ones I can really so you're watch. Saying like, there's a lot of sex. It's not slow paced. Maybe, maybe that's the case. <laughs> but like, yeah, because I can't watch, sit down and watch like, oh yeah, all of Field of Dreams again. I can't sit and watch the whole draft movie. day isn't slow paced. Yeah, you can't. so I think like all the movies I like of his is maybe my watchable ones are not are, are not are, are kind of fast, fast paced. Yeah, but one of the slow paced ones I do like that didn't make my list here at all, which. Kind of weird because I like to watch it anytime it comes on. Is the Postman? I love that movie. <laughs> I think it's a good movie too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know why I love it, but I do enjoy it. That's but why I can't it, watch it the made whole thing. My, my best three. I watch parts of it. I can't sit and watch the whole thing. Oh, I it's can't. So long. It's long. Uh, it's not as long as like Dances with Wolves or anything like that. Dude, I, that's Those the one other thing I'll say about Dances with the Wolves, man. I don't know how with Mary McDonald is the main <laughs> actress in there. I ever got off on seeing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who did, what does she look like? Like her hair is always unkept throughout the whole movie too. Mary like basic. McDonald. McDonald. <laughs> basic. I think she was like in the new like. Uh, uh, is that her? That's a glorified. Oh, that's like yeah, that's, that's like a, a glorified version of her compared to Dances with the Wolves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think she's in like in the new like Battlestar Galactica, Galactica version. What's her name in that movie? Fist Cell Face. Uh, stands with two fists, I think. Fist, fist self face. <laughs> he almost <laughs> got it. What? Uh, two fist face. Two fist face. <laughs> Wrong face, though. And then <laughs> next. <laughs> Turkey is back in town. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I guess uh, anything we want to finish off with? I think that that pretty much wraps up Kevin Costner. He has had a different sort of career Academy Awards. You mentioned some other awards. Uh, Definitely a fruitful life. And what I'll say as far as any of the actors that we've talked about lately, the fact that uh, he has seven kids is pretty dynamite to me. I actually think that is something he should be credited for because... Man, when you love life that much that you're willing to keep doing that, <laughs> that's impressive. Plus, you got to have the money, right? He probably isn't worried about the money. How old are his kids? I think they're everywhere from 12 to like 25 right now. If I had a 12-year-old and I was 65, that would be tough. Not if you got hundreds of millions of dollars. No, no, it still would be tough. No, like, you only see them once a month. I'd be like, do you want to play catch? No, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go play? No, my knees hurt. No, you just like, be like, hey, I brought over one of the Broncos for you. Go play catch. Yeah, that doth not a dad make. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, we had to run around with... Uh, you know he can afford the drugs, right? My sister-in-law's kids. And uh, yeah, uh. They're, they're like five and three. And I'm just... I was so tired and sore. Really? Here's what you do. Just go to the monkey bars. If you can go all the way across the monkey bars and back. I can't. I tried. I can. I'm too damn heavy. What's funny it's gonna is... It's going to pop my shoulders out of my socket. When Aiden started going to grade school, I couldn't, and I made myself do it, and since then I've been fine. But yeah, you got to like stay in shape. It's when I realized in life you literally have to stay in shape or you will lose it. 
Yeah, well, I'm trying to get back in shape, but uh, he was in kindergarten. I went across the monkey bars, and I thought my shoulder was going to pop out. Yeah, it that's how so I am bad. now. My shoulders just are going to pop that, right out of that my. That was ten years ago. I mean, maybe if I could do it like like if I don't hang, if I kind of do like little this type of thing, but as soon as I start swinging, my shoulders like. Oh, yeah. So okay, that's sorry. Total side note: we just went from Kevin Costner's kids to. Me feeling old around young kids. All right, uh, Jesse, do you want to? All right, next week, smarter challenge to go see the glass onion and the scotch. Well, we'll see what this will bring. Um, definitely not anticipating the same as uh, Glen Morangi, a tale of the forest, but this is the Arstone land cask. All right, Brian, anything you want to say to the peeps before nah, we it's go? It's been nice. It's been nice sitting in uh, one more time. And uh, I'll have to roll back around this uh, this uh, podcast on a different time. What you got there? Well, uh, oh, uh, what I got here when I do my closing, uh, in two weeks' time, we are going to try a tale of winter because I happen to find an extra bottle. Nice. All right. I don't know what the uh, Smart Challenge will be in two weeks. I don't want to steal your thunder. So I just want to make sure if you do find this and you want to drink along with us uh, in two weeks, um, you're more than welcome to join us back on the show. But all of you out there, if you happen to have this bottle or you find it and you want to try it along with us, uh, in two weeks' time, we'll be doing this. But next week, it's all about Airstone's uh, land cask. And the glass onion. If you have a longer, smarter challenge, man, now's the time. <laughs> Give us some time because the glass onion is only going to take two hours. Well, you know, here, okay. I'll make this my smart challenge. This gives us gives everyone two weeks, and this will allow me to rewatch it again uh, and actually analyze it. Um, we'll do a review on Wednesday. Oh, nice! Uh, is that a, is that like a, a show? Yeah, two days sh- from now. How many how many show how many series? How many it's only series? I think like eight, episodes. eight episodes. Are all eight out already? Yeah, it's oh, on Netflix. Damn. Okay, it's good. How does it compare to like Interview with a Vampire? I like it more than Interview with a Vampire. I enjoyed that show. That was a good show. getting to the mind of a dark teenage girl. <laughs> goth girl. Love it. Goth. No. going to love it. First of all, I think both Jesse and I know both like goth women, or we used to when we were younger. I'm ah. not sure if you did. No. <laughs> nope, not at all. I not my bag, baby. <laughs> really? <laughs> nope. It's okay, Aaron. But in any case, uh, yeah, so we'll make that the, uh, that'll be the, that gives you two weeks for a smart challenge. If you you know, it gives you some time to watch uh, all eight episodes of uh, of Wednesday. Better than trying to watch twenty <laughs> hours of The Punisher in one week. Yeah, that exactly. was the most brutal episode ever. <laughs> so, were you worth part it, of that, though. or is that just you and I? I think right? that was just two of us, but it was so worth it. But man, I just remember I was like getting three hours of sleep <laughs> for like four days in a I row. Think I tried to watch some of The Punisher. <laughs> Like the TV series, the show? Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, So for those of you who uh, listen to us on any of our uh, audio formats, I just want to thank you. Uh, So far, this has been our best month in the month of November. Um, The last two months have been like record months for us, and then this is – this beats the last two rec- uh, the last two months so thank you again for listening to us thank you for our one russian listener thank you for the uh the, those listeners out there in canada in japan and all the listeners throughout the u.s 
Uh, we do greatly appreciate you. For those of you who watch us on YouTube, we greatly appreciate your support there. And for those of you who watch us on Rumble, uh, we also uh, greatly uh, thank you for watching us on Rumble. Once again, if you are finding any uh, episodes that are missing from YouTube, you can find the full versions on Rumble since they are uncensored there. And uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Life is great. Jesse, you can close us on out. Now you know my shout out. I, I do have one now, and it is to you and Glenn Moranji, you know, uh, for selecting this a tale of the forest and glenn Moranji for really doing something where when i drink this i can see this being something i would take i don't love to camp outdoors but i love to camp on a beach and this is something i would love to take on the beach you still got the trees you still got the fire you still got the sun rising super early and the sun setting over the sand and the water and i would be uh, enthralled in the moment to enjoy this with friends or family on a beach setting with a fire going uh, and just really enjoying a moment of nature and life. Please do drink responsibly. Um, like, share, subscribe, as, as Noah has said. Um, please remember we do appreciate any feedback you give us. And uh, for any of those of you out there that have recommendations or want to be on the show, do let us know. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Wait a minute. Oh. All right, Brian, you're going to have to practice this to the, the Batman. It's the Batman. How do you do it? Okay, let's try it again. Scotchman! Cheers! Life is great. I'm going home and watching American Flyers. Life's still great. Life's still great. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like share and subscribe also if you have not done so already please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as one dollar a month thank you and hopefully you have a wonderful evening